Hi, I'm Denise Eagleson, and our school matters because the kids matter, and they need us, and they need this place. Hi, I'm Mr. Ryden. And I'm Sophia Raines. And this is Our School Matters, a podcast where we talk to the teachers, students, staff, and administrators of RCCU1 about what matters to them. So, Sophia, this is a big week for you. It's the CEO Trade Show. Yeah, well, that's one of our last big events within the CEO program. The Richland County CEO Trade Show is going to be on Wednesday the 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. in the Ox Gym at RCHS. We're hoping that people come out kind of see what we've been doing all year because we've kind of been keeping the nose to the grindstone. Mm -hmm. You guys actually do sales there? Yes. You can actually buy stuff there and I know that it's uh, free admission. It's free admission to go in and there's a lot of cool stuff there so you folks should check it out including Sophia's products uh, that we did a little commercial for. Well, you did. I just helped record it was about it. But tell me a little bit about more specifically. I know you mentioned it before, but tell me more about Soul. So as we've kind of mentioned offhandedly on the podcast before, Soul Hair Care is my business. It's based around making solid shampoo and conditioners. So we've got two sizes, and the smallest one lasts around a month of daily use. Three cents, three colors. Uh, well, three cent color pairs. and then Three one cents? That's so cheap. You always, you always ruin my take. I'm just a very serious person, and that's too much for you. Three scent color combos, and then we yeah. also have one unscented and uncolored version for people that may have sensitivities to that. Or if you're going out in the camping and stuff like that, you that's that helps stop from attracting bugs. And honestly, this is something that uh, interests me for sure, and I'm looking forward to buying some because I have a lot of issues with my skin and my hair, and I have needed to find a much more natural product. Your lovely product and your video that you made has led to some victory for you and bringing glory to Richland County. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so every CEO program has a local pitch competition and mm -hmm. with my gift of gab, as I call it, from doing <laughs> this and being in a speech class yeah, and just so talking and talking all the time. And being in theater I did, forever. <laughs> yeah, I did win the local pitch competition. Which and is awesome. today, as the day we're recording this, which is... Wednesday the mm -hmm. 19th, yes. I just learned that I'm one of the 18 finalists out of 398 participants yes. in the international, not the international, the national Which competition. Which is awesome. Uh, so I will be finding that out tomorrow morning if we never. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. If we never mention it again on the podcast, I probably didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but out of 18 though, that's awesome. Yeah. Or 18 out of how many? 398. That's insane. I'm so proud of you. And also, it's not only that, like. Uh, and Mrs. Gray's CEO program, how many was, was it there total? There are two finalists and one honorable mention out yeah. of a single program, which out is a lot. Out of a single program of this tiny little school mm -hmm. in Richmond County, uh, doing great things here. Shout out to Miss Gray. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's a superstar. All of the kids that, that CEO program is not easy to run. Not that any teaching job is like inherently easy, 
But that is an assignment that there's only a certain kind of person that can do it, and Miss Gray is the archetype mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. So really proud of our kids here. Who are the other two? The honorable mention was? So the honorable mention was Alex Nealis. Right. He did an amazing job. It was yes. awesome. Was and then he the, the other... one that had, like, the golf ball, yes. like, tough? <laughs> yeah, yes. teed up golf shop. He did an amazing kind of trick with it. Yeah. Um, and then the other finalist is Taylor Runyon with uh -huh. Taylor Made Cleaning Services. She yeah. had a really sleek cleaning pitch, so I'm excited yes. to see how that turns out tomorrow. Awesome. So... Awesome kids here, making us all look really good here in Richland County. Couldn't be more proud, and uh, best of luck to you tomorrow morning. You know, however it works out, you've already accomplished quite a bit. So, um, another winner who was winning the prize. Who was <laughs> uh, winning the prize of retirement? Of retirement uh, from a long fought career. Oh, shoot, we totally saved that one. Wow. Uh, our today's interview is with Mrs. Eagleson, our librarian and uh, English teacher here at the high school. She's retiring here at the end of the year. It's one of two teachers who are leaving this year. Miss Winters is the other one. And I'm planning on interviewing her actually more towards the end of the year. I interviewed her quite some time ago towards the beginning when we were putting this together. So it's been maybe a month or so. We had a really great conversation. I love Denise. She is such a great person. She is such a good librarian. Uh, I'm so glad she gets to retire, but we're really losing uh, a, a winner here. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to actually pull it back to earlier, but she has uh, been such a great teacher for so long. She has so much wisdom about the craft of teaching and about how to connect with kids, especially over literature. And I definitely wish her the best in retirement. So we discussed her future after RCHS, after teaching. We also discussed about her being able to be a full-time librarian for the first time in her career this year. She has, even since she became a librarian, she's always had at least one course that she's teaching at the same time, as well as the prep along with that and then the library stuff. And if that sounds like not very much to somebody else, it, you are dead wrong. I can tell you the librarian's job is huge. There is so much to do if you are a good librarian about First of all, reading and keeping up on what kids are reading, looking into what is really popular right now, organizing author visits that she's done over the years, mm -hmm. building up the library program, and not as many, especially in rural areas and smaller schools, not as many as you would think actually even have a librarian, especially one per building like we do here. And it is a good use of money. It is a good use of funds because I've worked at a school where they did not have a librarian on staff and they had old books in there. No kids ever went in and checked stuff out. And there were not readers in that school like there are readers in our school. And all through the school system, the librarians have kept that strong and have been there for kids that want to read and even kids that don't want to read but mm -hmm. have to get a mm -hmm. SSR book or whatever. And they're like, hey, let me find you something. You give me a chance. You don't like it. You bring it back. I will find you something, though. We'll get something. And she is the kind of person that delivers on that. So. Uh, here is my interview with Mrs. Eagleson. Just to begin. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't know about you. I don't personally. But do you remember your first day as a teacher? Not specifically. I can go back to the approximate years and there's certain scenes in my mind mm -hmm. that stand out but no to pick it, that specific day the scene the classroom the faces no but I think after you've been in it this long it blends together and I have trouble remembering was that kid from 10 years ago 15 20 yeah so no I do not remember that specific day 
I, mine has gone lost to time too. I think those first days are so just rabid and survival feverish. Absolutely, first just, years really are so little sleep, so much hard work to yep. survive those first years. I can, I don't know how we got through it. And I had somebody tell me, referring to her first year, she says it's a wonder I didn't get fired. We were surviving. Mm-hmm. It was just survival mode, and we were. I look back so naive mm-hmm. and. Maybe ignorance is bliss. Oh, I think without it, I think if I had my understanding of the profession, my first year I would have quit out of shame. And I couldn't have imagined being able to handle it. Mm -hmm. But you do. Yeah. You just do. (laughs) You do because you have to or because, I mean, also, you put several years of college and money behind it, it's kind of make or break. Right. And I was so ready for a paycheck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A real paycheck, Mm -hmm. not a part-time work by the hour. Yeah. Well, and then at that point, too, you've probably sacrificed a lot of your workable time, and it's like, uh, I just bought some nice clothes, and mm-hmm. I am busted. <laughs> and then coming off student teaching, mm-hmm. toughest job you'll ever do for free. Gosh, yeah, so absolutely. That I do remember. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, it, it's a wonder. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know outside of the education profession how just much we're just getting through the day and, mm-hmm. and pulling together and how much less effective a new teacher is than a seasoned one and that's just kind of the overall like cost of education right. it's the cost of our kids too that you know if we put in tons of money to have you know them be apprentices basically it would be mm-hmm. different but we're gonna need a lot more money for education if that's the yep. case uh is, is there anything you could pull though because you said like some memories can you think of any like quintessential or like summative memories from your first year of teaching or your first years of teaching that really defined what it was like to be in that feverish scurried kind of frantic state i remember the discipline being difficult and when i think back to the kids i think it was not just me being new but I think it was also that group of kids, and I've seen that over the years, where we'll get a group ready to graduate and we think to ourselves, get them out of here. Just, they're done. Yeah, they're them. done with us. They're done, for sure. they, right. And, and we've I got do, them to a point where it's not helping. <laughs> right, it's just time for them to go, and then when they're gone, and you hate to say it, but just the makeup of some of those classes, oh, glad they're gone. <laughs> Um, so I do remember some discipline problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember s- trying to survive with the curriculum. The one that was in place already? Right, or? just getting through it. Mm-hmm. And part of it back then, too, was we were teaching five, six hours a day. So, you know, you maybe had freshmen, sophomore, juniors. Yeah, because so that would have been like 90 hours. Yes, yes. So Like an hour system. um, 94 would have been my starting year, Mm -hmm. and we went to four block, let me think. I think it was Fall of 95. Yeah, because it was when I, I think first year of four block was my first year as a sophomore here. So does that sound right? Yeah. Fall of 95? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I was at, when I started at Clay City and Noble, I co-opted between the two schools, Mm -hmm. and I I bet I had five preps, different classes I was preparing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, George, survival. 
Yeah, Georgetown, when I, which after I got riffed here, my first year I went there for four years, mm-hmm. which was a great experience to have to go there. And I value this place so much more that mm-hmm. I've left and come back. I probably would have, as I assumed, gone on somewhere else and you know, maybe had a wonderful other life, but I really like how things have worked out. But in Georgetown, it was we were out at 2.15. Mm-hmm. They did that because instead of having preps, we were just done with the school day at 2.15, and it was seven blocks. Yes. It's 45-minute classes. It's crazy. Well, by the time 2.15 rolls around... You're probably spent uh, absolutely. to where it's not a really productive no, no, time, it I was, wouldn't think. I didn't love that setup. Mm-hmm. And you can't, in 45 minutes, you just get started on teaching. Right. You know? So you're not prepared for the next day, probably when you leave. Oh, gosh. That was one of the worst parts, honestly, with that. I was just, once I got to Georgetown, I was tripping over my own feet. I was just on the way, because I had a 20-minute drive, because mm-hmm. we lived out of town, bought a place in Danville eventually, but so many days I would be on the way in and just like in my head like oh what am I gonna do I've got to okay I've got this class okay I know we can continue reading this Uh, I'll pull up some worksheet questions when I get to school while they're working I'll get this ready for the speech class run this off and yeah yeah exactly and you're pacing out the seconds of like between oh this this point I can get these copies done Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff and I remember a point where I got to where oh I'm I'm not freaking out in the morning now, even though I'm still running behind and making stuff as I go because I realize, oh, I'm really good at this. <laughs> this so last you can, second stuff. That's what relaxed. Well, me. I looked at the clock, 7:20 this morning, uh-huh. and after 34 years, I'm looking at the clock at 7:20. I don't have to freak out. Yeah, it's okay. I can walk in, mm-hmm. talk to the others before class and I am not normally I would go in the classroom shut my door get everything ready yes and I'd have to be by myself to have that time to prepare for that one class yeah so it's and I tell myself oh I'm at ginger ales at 7 30 there's no need for a panic attack yeah so it's this year's been a gift and a blessing because this year you have no sections to teach and you get to be full-time librarian I just I've honestly saw it as a gift. It's just been awesome. So what do you think? Uh, I had some questions about that, actually. What do you think about how has that benefited your position and the students more? How could you put that into words? I mean, I have some idea. Being full-time librarian? Yes. When I was not full-time librarian, a lot of my day after class would be getting everything organized, mm-hmm. graded. Not everything, but I would spend about a block focusing on class stuff. And then I would try to make myself quit and you would think that after this many years mm-hmm. of doing this, oh, it should just be something you just keep rolling with and it's done and ready and you're prepared, but yeah. it's not. It, you may get to hear it a certain day. Well, that's got to change. This has got to change. You've got a low class. Mm-hmm. And then throw in the Schoology. So that was, and I always joked, oh, I'll redo these study guides someday when I have a lot of time. COVID hit. That Tuesday where they told us we were going to have to do Google Classroom. Oh, boy. I sat at my desk and almost cried, Uh but my daughter's like, Mom, I can help you get started on this. Oh, that's right. Lauren helped out quite a bit with that, didn't she? She was here and so got started on Google Classroom, Mm -hmm. and then we evolved into Schoology. So that, for me, as you know, the technology was a challenge, but I did it. Yeah. I wasn't too bad at it once I got rolling with it. It was probably nice to spend time with Lauren doing that too and I'm sure it was good for her because she is teaching now. No. Uh, Is she not teaching now? She taught a year. She did? Oh, okay. And uh, 
grad position came up at McKendry. And so she is at McKendry in grad school oh. in the sports information department. Oh, I so, didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah. Is she happy with that? She loves it. She's Good. working 50, 55 hours a week. She's yeah. everybody's pawn as far as what needs to be done. She's doing lots and lots of writing, yeah. lots of technology stuff. Yeah. Um, she's loving it. She's a superstar. No, thank you. She's, she's uh, yeah, you've raised a really great girl. Much. She is so uh, smart, driven, talented, everything you want your kid to get out yeah, of, she's, you know, when they're taken off into a career and everything. Yeah, yeah she's and amazing. And she jokes, can't wait till I get this degree and they can't afford me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's, I'm sure that's true, though. I'm yeah, sure cause they, because she is, that's what happens to useful people is they often get buried in work mm -hmm. and taken advantage of often, yeah. if not. And, Underappreciated, sometimes appreciated, and it's like, ah, oh, I hate losing. Like I have kids that are super talented, like Evan. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to have to graduate and go on. Yeah. I tried to fail him, but it just didn't work out to that keep way. Him around. To keep yeah. him back, but didn't have yeah. him in uh, important enough classes, I guess. Going back to uh, something, actually, I, I was curious about. You said that first year you had trouble with behavior in the classroom, mm -hmm. and partly inexperienced, partly the that specific mix of kids. When did you? Because I feel like you have a very good hand when you've been in a classroom on behavior and on you know classroom management mm -hmm. how do you think that crystallized like is there a point when it changed did you just open your eyes one morning and realize you're good at controlling a class no it evolved mm -hmm. it it was I think raising my own kids mm -hmm. seeing that perspective uh, for example a kid would come in hey we didn't get off the bus till midnight last night I don't have my homework done okay so Certain things have come about, I think, as, as a result of having mm -hmm. my own children, raising them, deciding what's worth the battle, what's yeah. not worth the battle, yeah. and just trying to always sit yourself in that seat of the student. And I think there's, I don't know, so it's just evolved over time. Mm -hmm. And over the past few years, I've told the kids, I don't have discipline problems. And, you know, we'll work it out if there's a problem. So I yeah. just, uh, it's, it's evolved. And I'm not quite sure how, but it has. And so yeah, it's. I've never been good at the stern, you know, start out mean thing mm -hmm. or, or all that. I'm really good at connecting with kids. I right. don't know where it. I give some ideas how it works, but it's sort of like. It's respect, I think, a yes. lot. You Treating respect them, like them a human respect being where they come of a, from. A lesser. Right, person. no matter where they come from. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, now Lauren said one time I made a comment, and she said, "We're scared of you, mom." <laughs> Like, no, <laughs> or Sherry. Yeah. Uh, we had said, I'd said something about how happy I was that our English department was always long for whatever I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. Sherry says, we're scared of you. So, I don't know, but I hope that's not it. But Maybe in know. a scared out of respect kind of way. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it evolved over the years. Yeah. And maybe I'm too soft on some things. I don't yeah. know. But I felt like learning takes place, and mm -hmm. we move forward, and there are better off hopefully when they walk out of the classroom than mm -hmm. they were when they came in yeah going back to the library thing you do have that advantage of being this year anyway it's mm -hmm. one year you get full-time in there and that's it and that's that's your your focus there's been a trend of uh districts around the united states i don't have any hard data for it but it does seem like you know like georgetown there was no librarian there was mm -hmm. somebody who kind of took over the library for a little bit but nobody was getting new books in or anything and it just seems more and more they're letting librarians retire and either replacing them with a part-time help or not. But our district, very fortunately, has dedicated librarians in all three buildings. Mm -hmm. 
Um, how do you think this trend is affecting kids? What do you think about that overall for these schools that don't have one? I think you're right. Statistics, I don't have them to easily access, yeah. but I think the schools We're English with teachers, the, so that's important the, to us. <laughs> right. The schools with the libraries, I think, do help create stronger students. Mm -hmm. I think it's one more thing that we offer the kids. One thing that we have to our advantage, not only do we have support throughout the district with all three of our libraries and, and money, mm -hmm. we have a good budget. It's very important. Yes. Got to get new materials. Right. And I think that we also have teachers district-wide that support reading. So I think the libraries become incorporated with what the teachers are doing in the classroom. So the, the, I think the library and the curriculum go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So we just build from there and feed off each other. I think also it is going to affect the number of kids that read or enjoy reading, and then it's going to affect reading comprehension. There's yep. just no situation where just as many kids are reading without a dedicated librarian because they off, they provide that bridge to right. material and right. help them find it. Yep. Um, and our mm -hmm. teachers promote research, too. So that's a yes. big plus, whether it's research, hands-on books, mm -hmm. or digital type of resources. Which are often provided to the library as well, like yep. EBSCO. JSTOR, EBSCO. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's what we got. Did you miss the classroom this year? A tad. <laughs> Did you know the answer to that? <laughs> I actually was curious. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I think it's uh, like... Yes and no. Yeah because there's just the kids that come in and the relationships have been built. Mm -hmm. So I knew it would be just a little bit. Yeah. So. I would miss that part of just getting to be part of their lives in that yep. way and getting to know some new kids. Mm -hmm. As a, a similar, when I started my master's for teaching, I quit Denny's. Thank God, mm -hmm. I hated that place. But I found myself longing for those egg pans. Or weirdly, I couldn't explain it. I'd be like, ah, you know, There's just there was something. something. Yeah, when it was really busy and sometimes you really get into a mm -hmm. flow. And it's like, there was something I liked about it, you know, mm -hmm. even though I hated being all greasy and I mm -hmm. hated cleaning everything. It was, and then I had a summer where it was like, oh, I got a couple months where I could go back. And they were always needing shorter right. cooks. First second I was back in there, I was like, nope, <laughs> I, I regret this already. Right. <laughs> I wish I didn't do and this. And I can sit down at home and pick up a book, mm -hmm. review books. And so that is a luxury yeah. that I just didn't have before. It's got to be an overall anxiety relief. It is. It, it, and, you know, and looking, and maybe you'll get to this as far as retirement, looking ahead towards retirement, I had told Mrs. Frazier, former colleague, good friend, I said, it almost feels like I'm busting out of jail. Yeah. And freedom, just the freedom really? of, like you said, you're not standing in the shower thinking, okay, workbooks first, and then we'll yeah. do this, and then we'll do that, and then we'll do that, and then, and next thing you know, oh, 20 minutes have passed, and I've been totally wrapped up <laughs> in... And your, and your morning routine has been paused. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. because it is all-consuming. Mm -hmm. It cuts into family time, too, yep. for sure. Yep. And, and I look back and think, did I take too much time away from my own children to Probably devote sometimes. to this? Yeah. Especially when you're starting yeah. out and you're desperate to make it yeah. work. There's, like, there's no way not to right. and to still get by. And, my husband, and the good mm -hmm. thing, I thought, with us, like early on I was also coaching – and when I was coaching and I had those hours away from the kids, Tom stepped up. So yeah. that alleviated the guilt until mm -hmm. I just knew that I just couldn't put the time in for coaching mm -hmm. for it's a long time. super time consuming, yep. coaching especially is. Yes. This is your last year. We're in your last, do you know the days? Have you uh, weeks. Down? We're looking at about 10 yeah. weeks. Oh, wow. Because yeah. next week's the end of yeah. the end of third the term. term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
on Thursday. I'm not a big day counter. As I far was as curious. No, if you I, were. I, I Some people do. I, do. I wouldn't either. No. That would actually, I think, add anxiety where it doesn't yeah. need to be. I, I look at, I think, chunks. And uh-huh. I've always done that like towards the end of this, the school year. Okay, so we still have nine weeks. We've got this, this, and this to do. I, yeah. It's never a day. I do a countdown on my agenda calendar or, you know, whatever I do for seniors mm-hmm. till they grad, till their, their last day or till graduation. Because I feel like that gives them a little bit of like, okay, this Incentive. is it. Enjoy and it, but also finish your stuff yep. and all that. So I, I get that. So you're excited. Yes. You feel like you're about to break out. Is yes. there any hesitation? Yes. Not enough to if stop. If you want to be you. honest. No, no. I, I do. Of um, course I do, yeah. No. I remember, again, I'll refer to Mrs. Frazier. She said the year that she finished, she was actually going to come back the next year, and she ended up not coming back. Mm. And one of the things mm-hmm. she was so happy about, it was an awesome year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, I, I just think of, you know, on um, The Lion King, where he says, it is time, you know, <laughs> it is time <laughs> when Simba's supposed to, yeah. yeah. And that's it. It, it's, it is it time. Right. And going out on a high, I suppose it's yes. hopefully been a good year. After a few real challenging yes, years, too. Yes, very much so. And uh, I, I, I'm glad you're not going out on, like, the COVID year or something. No. I, yeah. <laughs> in the next 10 weeks, shows yeah. up here, yeah. Oh, no, we yeah. brought it. Yeah, I, I guess we probably had – do we have anybody retired that year? That was their last one was that first remote thing from March. I can't imagine what that would be like. I would just I be sure so depressing rem- to go right, out on just, that. And there was so many unknowns. It, mm-hmm. Remember, we were questioning, are we going to get paid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people were saying, well, I've got bills. I've yeah. got a house payment. I, or you know, if so I get COVID, is this every sick day and more and right. I get docked, you know? Right. like, And we're, we were really lucky. Our union stepped up and filled yes. that void because I read some pretty bad horror stories about right. districts Certain that districts. really pushed people around. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I could definitely go on with complaints about our district. It's not perfect, just mm-hmm. like anywhere. And and you kind of have to point out things that don't work to make them better. But they really did handle a lot of that very well. Yes. They were very open to, you know, obviously they can't just give everything, but they were very open to making sure that we were all getting through it and not being Right, kind of had our backs, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So So uh, do you think you'll come back and sub at all? As of right now, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I just, I just think it's time. And it's almost like I'm ready. What's next? What's still to come in my life mm-hmm. you know I've had the college starting a new job mm-hmm. children raising the kids and teaching you yeah. know so the kids are pretty self-sufficient mm-hmm. and so it's just time to find something new mm-hmm. so you have any ideas what that new thing is nope I don't is that comforting that there's nothing because um, if it was in a plan I could see how that might be a little bit like oh I guess I'm going to do this. And no, because be I think when I know it, it'll mm-hmm. feel right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I look. I look at jobs. I look at salaries. And I just think, mm, no, mm-hmm. that's not It's not appealing. Yeah. And it's cool to be at this position to pick and choose. Yeah. Where, nah, I don't think so. I, I don't, you know, you think, I don't want to work on Monday, not Friday. Yeah. Not any day that ends with a Y. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, like I said, the freedom is just an overwhelming powerful feeling it's going to be the ultimate summer vacation yes yes <laughs> you'll get a lot of reading done i'm sure too. reading and just watch tv sit outside whatever mm-hmm. excellent i'm mm-hmm. i'm jealous of it i have for a long time and this is on this project here i've been really interested about people 
at their different points in their career, especially approaching retirement. And it is, I remember starting out and being like, I am never going to want to retire because mm-hmm. what do I do with myself mm-hmm. then? And I won't, I won't have as much purpose almost, I guess. But mm-hmm. when you're throwing your whole life into a career, I guess yes. maybe it's helpful to feel that way about it. Yep. Now, as I'm on, I think, 11 or 12 years, I'm starting to think, and I started when I turned 30. I turned mm-hmm. 30 my first month in the classroom starting to think like, okay, I could see saying goodbye to this mm-hmm. at some point. I don't want to like quit. You know, I'm not like looking for a new career. But, but and, and evolving into those other things that maybe mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago weren't that important mm-hmm. are maybe a little more appealing. Mm-hmm. Gardening. Yeah. I hated gardening as a kid. <laughs> you know, I want those green beans picked before I get home. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, just things that weren't appealing. Yeah. Or have a different focus. Settling in at home in many different nesting mm-hmm. ways has really become much more, mm-hmm. I get it it's now. It's different like, than, yeah. W- yes. Yeah, making your house look nice. Mm-hmm. Or the, the spaces that you like in mm-hmm. there to look nice. I don't want to clean that closet out. Or taking, you know, taking off and going somewhere and you're not packing three kids. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've, it's just it's I just do different. appreciate, I still have two kids at home, but um, three right now, actually. But um, I... Uh, don't have to carry around a car seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the liberty of that. Yes. I don't have to do diapers. I'm done with those. They can you get know, their own at least with mine. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. if you yell at them, miles. <laughs> at least Eva. The, the, you remember little, those milestones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's that's the milestones continue now, mm-hmm. and now you get to kind of choose your own path yeah. without having to have so many other considerations. And, and, it's, and it's almost as if things have come full circle too, because mm-hmm. we were. I've been married for 36 years. Mm-hmm. And we were married six years before we had children. Mm-hmm. So one wow. night we're sitting listening to music. I was married zero years we're, before we had children. Well, six years. And um, I'm like, rewind the clock 30-some years ago. Yeah. But we were sitting in a little 900-square-foot house. We didn't have a TV. Yeah. We listened to music. We worked on, you know, so it's like things do come yeah. full circle. I guess I did, though. I had... I had about the same amount of time with Tanera because we didn't get married until later on. We were mm-hmm. together for about six or seven years mm-hmm. before we got so married. So you were still, yeah, had that quote, yeah. that time together. Suspiciously yeah. near the time my son was born. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah we were very, we did have that time to mm-hmm. just be together yeah. and, you know, like have our lives. And actually, uh, we bought a, our first place, which mm-hmm. was a trailer on three lots in, mm-hmm. a, in Murfreesboro. And yeah, I love that time, that like nesting mm-hmm. and like, working outside and landscaping and yep. stuff and i'm looking i see glimpses to that. of that yeah. now i too. see glimpses of that yeah 30 some years kind of getting back to yes. being able to just be a couple yep <laughs> instead yep. of always have to be a family yep <laughs> it's work getting up to the end here do you still like teaching yes why to the end. That sounds so to the end. fatal. Okay. Let me rephrase that. It's nearing uh, the, the your retirement and your future journey. Do you still enjoy teaching and, and why? Or do you still like it? Not that you're going to keep doing okay. it. Okay, yes. I love the content that I've taught. I think, for the most part, I can, I've can. i been able to get the kids to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Not that they loved it, but mm-hmm. I think they didn't hate it like maybe they thought when they came in. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the relationships with the kids. I enjoy seeing them succeed, grow, and it's awesome to see these kids come in here as freshmen and then four years later how much they mature and change mm-hmm. and evolve. So I've just I've always liked the classroom. 
as a student also, you know, in college, in high school. I just like school. And we'll be right back after this. So, Sophia, hmm? did you buy your yearbook this year? I haven't yet. Oh! I need to. You missed out on that $10 discount for being early. Shucks. And you folks, if you got a time machine, you can go back in time and get it for 55 bucks. But if not, you should still buy one because they're fantastic. So buy a 2022-2023 only-in yearbook now. The theme for this year is a year worth watching. We have a wonderful yearbook program here. The Olean has been run by my arch nemesis, Miss Amy Rusk, uh. who, despite the fact that we are sworn enemies, she does a great job. And they uh, have done really well. They've won several awards. And I wish I could list them right now because Bye. it's not just little, like, background awards. They've won several, like, top awards through the Illinois Journal Education Association and through others. They, it always looks good. It's always it really nice. It does. They put it together. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, they usually do cutouts in the book. It gets more expensive sometimes, so it depends on that. And they always have really good themes. And as we said, the theme before is a year worth, worth watching. watching. So uh, get a piece of only history. The yearbooks this year are, well, now, the yearbooks currently <laughs> are $65 each. If you were sleeping on it. <laughs> to order, email order at jostensyearbook.com. That's J O. S-T-E-N-S, yearbooks.com, or go to www.johnstons.com slash yearbooks. And then you can search for it. It'll be pretty easy. Go to johnstons.com, and you'll be able to find out where to find your yearbook. Or you can send that to order at johnstonsyearbooks.com. Get your yearbook today. Save your memories. Close talker. Close talker microphone guy says, Stop. Only the cool kids get their yearbooks. Only Dorks don't get their yearbooks. Got it, dorks. Hit me with the shoe. All right, okay, I'll stop. I'm stopping. Shoe can go back on. I'm sorry. Now back to the show. I want to actually go deeper into what you were saying about about high school. You said you've always liked school. So what what kind of kid were you in high school? Since we're high school teachers, were you okay. the class clown? Were you? Nope. The, I didn't necessarily figure that. Were you a big nerd? Were you were you cool? Not big. Not a big nerd. Average, above average, mm -hmm. but I don't think I had the encouragement or the belief in myself that I could be a very good student mm -hmm. if I had tried harder. Mm -hmm. I always worked part time, so that, but that's not an excuse. These top students, you know, have jobs. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of reading, and I actually remember sitting in here and I had Spanish. In this, and, when yes. it was the open lab? Or, well, it was the Spanish classroom. Uh -huh. and or, I'm it, sorry, previous to this, the room we're in is my classroom for those listening. And it used to be the open lab if you were here in the 90s like I was. Yep. And so you, you were back, in this building, too, in high school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You so spent you go a lot back of time in this building. Yes. And I came in over the weekend, a couple weekends ago, just a little grip on my heart, yeah. you know. Because you walk in and you look around at just everything that you've loved. And this has been mm -hmm. home. This has been home as much as home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I you agree. Know, I say that about our department. We're a lot like family. Absolutely. We yeah. get along great for a while, and then you know, <laughs> sure, so, get each other's but, And then we, but then we move on, and we, we share each other's celebrations yeah, and each other's pain. We function together for a, a purpose, and mm -hmm. we, our department does a good job. I think getting getting done what we need to do. I never would have thought how much time I would have spent in this building, but also how important this building would become to my mm -hmm. life in a weird, weird yeah. way. I mean, more so the things that happen in it, of course, but yeah, it is. It's symbolically, it mm -hmm. stands for so much of yes. 
our lives of yours. And there was a ton, and I don't know what years this was. My daughter was little, so 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. I was sent to the middle school for two years. Yeah, I saw that the, in our, our uh, the pre-interview. I was Abigail crushed. Did. I was up. Uh, as far as, like, at the time, mm -hmm. I, I didn't think I should have been the one that right. should have gone. But, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is, and they mm -hmm. shuffle teachers around as yeah. needed. And I was crushed. I was hurt. And I finally put the words together for myself and said, there's nobody that loves this place more than me. I shouldn't have to go. You yeah. know, but it was, and then I look back at those two years at the middle school, and they, too, were a gift. Mm -hmm. But. It, it was wonderful. The people I got to know, got to know the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know at the it's time. good overall, but yes, yeah, I it was the rug the pulled out. Mm -hmm. Well, when I got riffed that first year, I mean, I found out in, it was like late October, early November, they said, I had a big meeting and it's like, okay, there's going to be, because of the budget cuts in Illinois, there's going to be some cuts this year. Mm -hmm. We don't know how deep, it, deep it's going to be, but we know there's going to be some. And I was the only new hire in the high school that year. <laughs> so I was like, well, it was just a death march to the end of the mm -hmm. year. And it was it was really deflating, and I'm like, what is it? You know, I could have easily slipped out of the profession, mm -hmm. and it was really hard to find places. I went to a bunch of interviews, and uh, I interviewed pretty well, which helped me. And it's um, hard not to take it personally. It was, yeah. It was. I had a lot of people that were very nice about mm -hmm. it. I remember uh, you guys had like kind of a little party for me in mm -hmm. like a department meeting, and gave me a gift card that mm -hmm. I spent on self pity items and. Uh, um, I can't remember, it was like Walmart or something. I think yeah. I bought a video game with it. It was like, I well, just need to turn my treat, brain off yes. or something. Um, but yeah, and it was really tough. But those four years I spent in Georgetown really helped reshape how I thought about my career. And I got to excel in another place. And I met some of the best friends mm -hmm. that we have, which are the Pratts, because yep. um, I worked with Stephanie Pratt up there. And their family is now very close to our family. And we spent... Uh, New Year's and Halloween together. Mm -hmm. And you <laughs> so don't often you realize. Yeah, you, don't, you don't see it. Yeah, it's finding the best in those in those situations. Were you in cross country in high school? Did yeah. you were you involved in running? When did this start? Then you have a deep love, I think, of well, of uh, just uh, running and cross country yes. and stuff like that, or track. And when cross I met Tom, he had <clears throat> moved back to Olney, uh -huh. and he was he had taken up running. There wasn't a, wasn't. So when was uh, this, this in your lives, roughly? Uh, that would have been when we first met. So this mm. would have been like '85. Mm -hmm. um, I would have been at OCC. Mm -hmm. So he had come back to Olney after college and mm -hmm. was working. He had started at the dealership. So uh -huh. he had started running. He had was getting kind of back on track of where he thought he needed to be as a 27 year old, uh -huh. living more healthy. Uh huh. And so when we started dating and such, I, I thought, well, I can either stand here or I can start running. Yeah. So that's how it just evolved. Uh, and, and so you, you've ran uh, for since then pretty much, right? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really, I should know, like, have you done several marathons? Yes, or, yes. So that you do train for those. We and, did. We did. Mm -hmm. He's run seven maybe, mm -hmm. and I've just done two. Mm -hmm. But that was, the marathon training was just a small portion of ah. all the running that we did. Do you still run regularly? D no. Ah. Walk a lot. Ah, okay. A little yeah. bit of running here and there, but I... I yeah, my knees would fall yeah, apart I just, if I did. I'm not sure my body could handle. Yeah. I wish, but... Yeah. So now it's just kind of um, to be healthy. Do you still coach track right now? No. Or, I, but you did for many years, right? I coached track oh. just one year. Oh, okay. And that okay. was Chad and I coached together, Mr. LaCrona. Right. Yes. Okay. And then um, 
I got into cross country for several right. years back then. And so for the, the novice uh, as me, I'm having trouble splitting between in, the two. Tracks yeah. in the spring, uh-huh. and that's where you have the individual sports. The, mi- the longest they go is two miles. Uh-huh. With cross country, it's in the fall, and it is normally like a 3.1-mile race. Okay. Everybody runs at the same time for the most part. So cross country for how long then as a coach? Uh, three years, okay. for like from 96, 97, and 98. Oh, okay. Then three children. And then I got back in for six years mm-hmm. and then decided I'd had enough. Need more it time. Just, yeah. yep. It was time. Yep. It's very time consuming. <laughs> yeah. Any sport really, really is. That's why yep. I like I, I do the drama route, uh, musicals and all that. And they are extremely time consuming, mm-hmm. but it's a compressed amount of time. Right. That just takes up a ton of your time, and then it's over right. for a season. And with cross country, you've got <laughs> summer running, mm-hmm. and then all fall, and then I would kind of pass them on to the track coaches because you know you just kind of need a little mm-hmm. break, yeah. and then we'd start again in the summer. In this high school section, I am. Uh, this is what I'm asking. I asked high school students what would be good to ask teachers. The one everyone seems to say is ask them. In when you're in high school. Were you wild? Did you like to party? I was not, and I did not. That's been the answer from everyone so far. Okay. And I'll probably say that from a good majority of the teachers. Um, Maybe not, though. I'll be surprised. I just didn't. Yeah. I just... It wasn't your thing. Yeah. I. Uh, well, and even when I went away to college, um, I was very poor. Mm-hmm. And my kids laugh, and I laugh mm-hmm. at it now. This is so dumb. But... When I would leave Carbondale on Friday afternoons mm-hmm. and come home, because a lot of times I'd work on the weekend, I tell the kids I would drive through McDonald's and treat myself to a fish sandwich. <laughs> They're like, "That is the stupidest thing ever." A but I fish did is not. Good, I did not spend money that, you know, I just didn't have it, so didn't yeah. spend it. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about a current kind of issue that I think would that touches on your profession, and that is something that okay. is happening in the news quite a bit. And uh, we had Banned Books Week uh, a little bit ago. Was that September. in February? Or September. Well, was a little yeah, bit ago. Yeah. Boy, September. lost track. There's a new, seems to be a new push to, you know, ban books. It's very politically motivated. I guess it always has been politically motivated, mm-hmm. especially villainizing certain topics and being like, as we see, you know, anti-woke thing in Florida, like talking about specifically books that talk about black experience or LGBTQIA experience. What are your thoughts about that right now? Now that, I mean, you get to not have to worry about that as much at a point, you know, you may be leaving right before this really hits a fever pitch because mm-hmm. it's clearly is going to be going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And how have you experienced that so far in our little town? Okay. Well, thoughts. I think a good quote is, a good library has something to offend everybody. Hmm. Because I think the differing opinions, and that is one thing that I have learned over my nine years as a librarian, that the extremes on what people like just are huge. Where one person loves something, somebody will totally not. But I think what's coming about is not just because books have changed and because the content has totally changed into something it's never been. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a change by society. Mm -hmm. I think um, a lot of times people tend to focus, want to focus on something and maybe make a statement towards that. So I think maybe books 
at times become the brunt of a crusade, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, I've always felt that as a small district, we will encounter or could encounter anything that a larger district could. So I think it's very possible, probable, that maybe there will come a time when some material in our library may be up for being questioned. Mm -hmm. I have taken the stance, and I think the librarian before me as well, was very adamant that we don't censor. Mm -hmm. We we shop according to what's recommended for this age level Mm -hmm. and make our purchases accordingly. We read reviews, and but again, I don't think it's our job to censor. If Mm -hmm. a parent wants or does not want a student, their child reading a certain book, then that's between them and the child. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not our job, our right to withhold materials or information. Um, Without any specifics, obviously. (laughs) Is that something we encounter here that often? Parents concerned about what's in our library? No, not at this level. Is it a concern at the younger levels? Yes. Do they they get comments regularly from parents um, or interaction? I don't think it's regularly, Uh but but yes, it does happen. And I know the middle school librarian is just awesome at research and research Mm -hmm. and being very, very conscientious of the books that she puts out for the junior for the middle school kids. Mm -hmm. Here we're dealing with young adults and adults. You know, we have Mm 18-year-olds. And so it's not as much as a a need on my part Mm -hmm. to be that conscientious Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what I I buy. Any advice for the librarian that's taking over? She will be 100% totally ready for anything that comes. And we work together in the district. There's... Of course, Michelle at the grade school, uh-huh. Jordan at the middle school, Amy's coming into the library. Beth yeah. Goodrum has finished her degree. Yeah. So, which um, is, I'm excited for her. She's yes. going to go to the elementary yep. school, right? And so, we're, I, what I almost, fun it would be to be with those little kids oh, and them getting excited about yeah. books. Yeah. She was pumped, but we were talking about it the other day, and she's. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I get it. That's yeah. that's why you're leaving. This makes sense." So, <laughs> I think I think as far as our knowledge, I, I think we're kind of a a hive of strong minds that we can probably deal with anything that comes our way. Good. What do you think is one of the biggest problems facing educators right now as you're getting ready to leave the profession? What do you worry about? What do you think is going to be the biggest issues that educators right now are going to have to face over the next few years? That the people making the decisions for education, whether it's on the federal level, the state level, the district level, they have to be aware of the realities of what is in the classroom. Is it your worry then that a lot of times they aren't? Yes. As far as what we're trying to do, what we're trying to teach them, Uh the tests that we're trying to get them ready for, there's so much else going on that, I mean, it's just an uphill battle so often. You try to validate to a kid the importance of state testing when Mm -hmm. he's visiting a parent, you know, in jail Mm -hmm. or, you know, you you just get, so they have to be aware of the realities of what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some big negative effects that have happened because of the kind of disconnect between legislation or people that are in the position to make these decisions versus the people that have to actually carry out? Okay, well, one, COVID, you've got to understand. And you, and I know we can say, well, COVID, COVID, COVID. But still, it's going to take a while to 
and I don't know if we'll get back to where we were. I think mm -hmm. we'll get back, but it'll be something different. Yeah. They just changed the landscape. Yeah, exactly. And how we do stuff right. and a whole generation of kids that yes, are yes. Uh, lower than they would be. Right. So they have to face that reality. And I think we have to constantly adapt to um, the difficult home life that lots of them face. Um, we have kids here that, you know, we know probably don't have running water, don't have electricity, yeah. don't have meals. I'm con continuously surprised when I find out some of the... You know, the reality. I know from some people that I know well that are grown up now and some kids I've gotten to know how just the myriad of different yes. horrifying situations some of these kids are in. And you could say, oh, well, they're going to just have to deal with that when they get older. But okay, but we have to help yeah. them at this age. So maybe they're better equipped to deal mm -hmm. with it as they get older. And not continue the cycle or it, not yes. be yes. just so damaged by it that they can't. Right, that they can't overcome it, if that answered your question. Yeah, no, okay. absolutely it okay. did. Absolutely it did. How do you shut off your brain? Teaching is so like, you know, you've talked that you've gotten to the point you can relax now, but like what is what is your garbage television or what is your, your guilty pleasure to okay. just be like, I got to just unplug from everything? Okay. One, I think when the kids were younger, that was my distraction. It mm. was going to the basketball game, going to helping them take care. So once I left school, it was full out mom mode and taking care of whatever needed to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to Empty Nester, I, a podcaster, I listen to lots of podcasts. I've gotten hooked on audiobooks. What and what kind of uh, podcast do you enjoy listening to? I do to? a lot of uh, true crime. And, and even, and I think maybe my attraction to that is also kind of goes along with my like for nonfiction books. Yeah. I've learned to watch TV. I didn't do that. <laughs> I one. saw this in the research. Uh, it says that Abby did. Um, it says, uh, I didn't watch about TV. six years ago, yeah. I started watching TV and I'm like, I got to ask about that, yeah, that I, statement. Well, and, and I also learned what it was like to um, sit on the furniture in the family room because I never, yeah. I never sat. I never sat and watched TV. I was always, you know, maybe at the kitchen table doing mm -hmm. school stuff or, yeah, I've started, I've learned how to, like, watch a series. But I, my daughter says I have adult ADHD and I can't watch it episode after episode. Yeah. I can do a couple and then yeah. I'm done. So that, I read, I'm outside a lot. We have a new puppy. We go to see our kids. I was going to ask. I have it on here. How is Milo? <laughs> yeah, he's doing good. <laughs> so cute. Um, tomorrow's going to be a big day for him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. What's he got Male going puppies. on? Male puppies. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, poor Milo. you got to take him. I can't. Oh, poor Milo. Milo, I got yeah. some tough news yeah. for you, pal. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why there isn't any food and water out past 10 o'clock, buddy. <laughs> Oh, boy. So, And that's been fun. I mm -hmm. always said, no, never another dog, and the kids thought I was lonely. Um, so when I got the dog, when they got me the dog, I thought, but it's been great. It's so, so cute. We, I yep. saw pictures we, of him right totally, when you got him. I, saw, I, could, I could see how you could fall in love with yep, that dog right away. Totally right. enjoyed him. Uh, what are you reading right now? I'm actually, I've, got, I've had several things going on. I was listening to Killing Jesus, uh -huh. audiobook, uh, if you can the, stomach 
Bill um, O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> he is a great narrator. You know, I've heard that too, and that it's that'd be a tough one for me. Okay, yeah. it was, and I've done uh, Killing Jesus, Killing uh-huh. Kennedy, Killing uh-huh. Lincoln. Interesting. Wow, very good. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually listening to, and for some strange reason, I can multitask better listening to nonfiction mm-hmm. than I can fiction. Hmm. And I don't know, it's if because with fiction, I've got to have that Follow picture in my mind and a plot and, and a big, okay, could be so a big story that's I'm otherworldly. I'm listening to Harry Potter. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, 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 I read a little bit of the first one. This is one that, okay, you know, like 90s kids, or maybe it's just everybody when you get into your late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. you got to make sure something's cool if you're going to like it. And if all the kids like something, or even the adults like it, it was, I was in that spot where I was too good for it. To, for know, Harry Potter. For Harry Potter, yeah. yeah. So I just and, never clicked with me, you know. I and never the fantasy, uh, so yeah, I'm backing mm-hmm. up and I'm going to. Try to listen to Harry Potter. That's excellent. Yeah. This last question I have for you. You're you're done here in a few in about eight weeks, you said. Yes. And then a few months later there's gonna be a bunch of new teachers come in. It's their first year and they're coming into this new landscape. What advice would you give? This is such a corny question, but maybe we could make it a little more interesting by limiting it to you can just tell them one or two things that they should remember. Like what is some mantra or bit of advice that would help uh, that would help some new teachers okay, maybe the, the get their first, feet on the ground. The first year, as we said, will be survival, and you can't use the first year as a means of comparison of what's to come. Uh, and I told my daughter that. She mm-hmm. worked hard, and it was challenging, and, and this opportunity came along. Mm-hmm. So that prompted her, but it, it was tough. And I, I told her, I said, you can't use that first year because it's – not like it's not going to be like any other just remember that you know you may be exactly what that child needs on that day uh, on that that instance that even though when you feel like you're not making i didn't know that sounds cheesy even though when you feel like you're not making a difference you probably are i think there's Um, nothing cheesy about that at all it's my favorite part (laughs) about this job it's the most meaningful part when you yeah you i hope i hope young teachers get that early in their career where they connect with a kid and they realize like wow I make this impact, mm-hmm. you know. And the littlest things that you think might not matter probably do. There are so many that come back later. Kids will come back and say something and yep. be like, oh, I did. I just that was a throwaway comment mm-hmm. or something, you know, yep. and you really can impact some, yep. some kids' lives. I had a lives. mom tell me one time that her daughter had gotten in trouble for something, came to my – and she just said – she contacted me later on and just said, you know, everybody was – not really nice to her that day Mm. and so she appreciated you know just the kind words so you just never you never have such a big impact well denise it has been uh, a pleasure talking to you for this last little bit and it's been an honor working with you too you've been a great colleague and i'm still going to treasure these last few weeks we have together and i hope you at least come visit us sometimes i mind All right. I probably will. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks again to Mrs. Eagleson. I had a really great time talking to her. I'm really going to miss having her to walk down to uh, over passing period or maybe prep and just get her thoughts on some things about what I should you know, do with a certain assignment or just to kind of chat and stuff like that. But I do look forward to her coming back and visiting us a lot of times. And I still got a few weeks with her here at the building. Uh, So you had her for sophomore English, right? Yep, I had her for first block sophomore English. 
right when we got back, right when we got yes. back in the buildings from the churches. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a slug. Yeah. Going to school every day. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Every day <laughs> walking the, up the new stairs and coming to that room. Yeah. But I really enjoyed her class. Even if sometimes I didn't look like I was enjoying it because it was 8 a.m. Yeah, first um, But we read Don't Get Caught, which was our big, like, school-wide book for the year. Right. I really uh-huh. enjoyed it. And we had an author talk for that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I had the fun in the classroom. Excellent. Yeah, she is really great, and she's definitely old school in ways. So I think she would describe it that way in a lot of ways, you know, not just saying old school or something. But she definitely has an old school approach. She was so proud of herself for learning all the technology. And actually with her daughter, Lauren Eagleson, uh, who showed up to kind of help her out with that tech aspect of using Google Classroom and using Schoology and all that. So she's definitely willing to fight that fight and learn that stuff. But she really liked to stick to the old analog stuff. But I had a great time talking to her. I hope uh, you folks that remember having her in class reach out to her and congratulate her on a great career and a well-deserved retirement Mm -hmm. afterwards. So we're down to the last big events of school. Next week, Mm -hmm. I believe, is going to be prom week, which is always a crazy week. After that, we have, you know, graduation practice, graduation. This week, of course, is the CEO trade show. Make sure you all go and attend that. Buy some stuff. Support our kids. Uh, obviously, they're doing really well in that program, so please show up and do that. Uh, and also, make sure and tune in for the next oh. episode. Oh, yeah, go ahead. This is completely off topic. Good. But I would also like to say I am a winner of the senior superlative of most likely to host a talk show. Ah. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thanks, RCHS. That, that, I wonder where they got that idea. I never idea. saw that coming. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, folks. Stay safe. Stay sane. Drive safe. Our School Matters, with your hosts, Sophia Raines and Jeffrey Wright. Produced by me, Evan Irvin. Executive produced by Jeffrey Wright and Sophia Raines. Theme and incidental music composed and performed by Evan Irvin. Research provided by Abby Adler. Our School Matters is hosted by Voices of Richland County Podcast Network, an RCHS VAT Club affiliate. Rate and review the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, and we may read your comments on our show. You can also contact us at vatclub at rccu1.net. Please subscribe to us on your preferred podcast apps.